And we're live. Welcome to this week in events. Hello, James. Hello, Maria. Lovely to see your happy kind of smiling face as we get here towards the, the end of the week. Fantastic. Well, listen, welcome to this week in events where we are going to be talking about event news, tech and insights from the world of meetings, conferences and corporate events. I'm International Speaker Bureau owner Maria Franzoni and... I'm James Taylor, keynote speaker and the founder of Speakers You. So, Maria, what have we got coming up in today's show? Well, listen, we've got so much. I had to write it down. So let me tell you, let me take you. I had to write it all down. So we've got four things we're going to be covering. So the first thing is the 10 top job skills needed in 2020, as identified by the World Economic Forum. Then we're going to be talking about speaker virtual skills certification needed or redundant. And then we're looking at the Informa Annual Report of Event Trends. And each week, we're also going to have a little feature, which I think is going to be fun, called Tool of the Week. And yes, that's either going to be an app or a gadget or a person who's a bit of a tool. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see, as we're getting started, this is our very first episode uh, of This Week in Events. So we, we're not going to take things too seriously. This is kind of coming up to the end of the week. Um, so Maria, the first story we're going to come to is something that you picked up on uh, and you and your team picked up, up on at the start of the week. It was, yes. We get, in fact, Mary Tilson on the team discovered an article really interesting called The 10 Job Skills You'll Need in 2020 and Beyond, written by the World Economic Forum. However, it was written in 2016. And so I thought it might be fun for us to go through it, James, and see if they predicted what we would need in the times of a pandemic. What do you think? So we're going to look at the the crystal, like towards the end of the show, we're going to be talking about trends for going future. So this is kind of going back into the crystal ball of the WEF, like 2016. Did they get it right? So take, take, yeah. us, take us through that list as well. Okay, well, the number 10 is cognitive flexibility about being a mental gymnast. Is okay. that relevant in the pandemic, would you say? Mental gymnast? I don't know. I mean, funny if I was having a conversation earlier today with a school teacher of, of a, a school teacher, like 14, 15 year olds. And she was saying the big topic that they're really talking a lot about in schools with, with children is about resilience. So I guess mm -hmm. that if you, I guess if that's resilience, it ties into that thing. Then I, that is probably that makes sense. Yeah, it's about a nimble mind, I think, is what yeah. they're referring to. But I, I think that's relevant in a pandemic. Absolutely. So number nine is negotiation. And uh, goodness gracious, from a speaker bureau point of view, we've had to learn. We've really had to offer our game in the negotiations <laughs> with some recon some contract negotiations. That's for sure. What about you as a speaker? Have you been well, learning to negotiate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, there's great speakers out there who I think are, are amazing. They're covering this topic like Phil M. Jones from the UK and, and uh, uh, wonderful speakers that talk about negotiation and how to sell i'm i must admit, i'm pretty terrible at it that's why i kind of come to people like you maria uh you, you're really good at that stuff i think and as you know i used to work in the in the music industry before and i generally find like a lot of creative types they're, they're not so good on negotiation being able to kind of talk about themselves sometimes in the third person so i, I think that's still a pretty important skill I would say today. Do you know, really important. Uh, if you're trying to sell your house at the moment, which you might be doing, trying to buy a house, trying to move, trying to upsize, trying to negotiate, keeping your job, negotiation is super important, I think. Super important. Okay. Number eight is service orientation. So being oriented to give service to your customers. I think that's vital all the time, surely. 
Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of surprised that that was so low down. I thought that would have been a little bit bit higher. Um, you know, the, uh, there's a great speaker actually in based in Singapore called Ron Kaufman. He talks about service, service excellence. Um, and he, and I remember having a conversation with him before, and he said one of the challenges sometimes working with with clients is they talk about service, but they're not really willing to invest in the in the training part of it as well. Um, so I would have thought that would have been a little bit higher because it's a, it's real how you differentiate yourself is, is through mm. that kind of service orientation. And, and you know what, service, it's really interesting. When you're in crisis, when you're in pandemic, when we were going through what we're going through, some companies have really shone and delivered fabulous service and some others have really shown themselves to be not so good yeah it's uh, it's been interesting it's it's really divided you know companies and that and that topic i guess okay, obviously this was written in 2016 and now when i think like the thing like service i almost think of of cx you know customer mm. experience so it's, we, and, and i think in, in events we talk about this a lot we talk about experiential like how do you create those more experiential type of events so i think service often as it relates to events is thinking about the experience that, that that we want to deliver and i'll give you a perfect example i remember ron telling me that about this one it was uh, one of his clients is singapore changi airport which is probably my favorite airport in the world it's a great great airport not that any of us are in airports at the moment but uh <laughs> but singapore airport they, one of the things that they found out is that when people when you're deplaning as our American cousins call it, uh, when you're getting off the plane, it's one our stress levels are at their highest because we're going to the baggage carousel and we're thinking, have our bags made it? So they, they, they would do all these little polling and they would find out people were really stressed on that walk from the, the, the airplane. And when they, the, the stress was highest, when they got to the carousel, and, you know, you're sitting there and you're waiting for your bags to come out and no bags are coming out and other people are getting their bags and your stress is kind of pretty high. So Changi Airport, what they were brilliant at doing, thinking about experience, customer experience, service, they realized that people were getting to the carousels a little bit too quick, quicker mm. than the baggage. And that was increasing their stress levels when their bags weren't coming through. I mean, it's still pretty quick. So I believe what they did is when you come into Changi on international flights, they kind of move you around a little bit to the airport. So it takes you a little bit longer to get to the carousel. So when you get to the carousel, it's almost perfectly timed that you see your bag coming round as well. And you instantly go, ah, so wow. Changi Airport, wow. customer service, we love you. Listen, last time I was at an airport, I actually had to almost wrestle somebody who'd taken my bag by mistake. But that was another stress. Anyway, so at number seven, we've got judgment and decision making. And OMG, is mm. that vital at the moment? I think some of our government folk could do with a bit of training on yeah. that. Mm. Decision, decision making, decision, the, the, the verb to cut, like to say, I'm not going that way. I'm going this way, like more strategic. I definitely think that is something we probably need to be training people a little bit more on as well. Vital, vital, vital. So number six is emotional intelligence. Again, I think this is really appropriate. Yeah, once again, that's that's like one of those terms, emotional intelligence. I, um, it kind of goes up and down a little bit. I don't know if you find this, we're gonna to come to talk about themes and that clients ask a lot about for, for their events. And I, I remember probably 2000 and, hmm, let me think, late 2000s, emotional intelligence getting talked a lot about 
uh, and it was it was a real kind of thing. And it seems like to have come off the people are talking about it a little bit less. So maybe they'll come back to this now. Kind of well, this idea. I think they're calling it empathy now. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think they're changing the words, but it's vital, absolutely vital, um, you know, to really certainly have an understanding of how your people are feeling at the moment, um, you know, with what they're going through. I, I, I think it's uh, really important. It might need to be further up the ladder, actually. So, um, super. I, I, do you know, we've got some comments. We've got Already? Some comments. Already? Just, yes. So um, I re didn't realise that we've got the comments. You know, first time we're doing it, bear with us. This, um, this so is live. Get... Just let everyone know. This is yeah, we're talking we're about recording and doing things live. This is most definitely live just now. You can see the the uh, in so, our so, eyes at the moment. Yeah, definitely the fear. So Chrissy Lawrence loves Ron Kaufman. Thank you very much. Um, we've got uh, Marie Oaks. We have definitely seen the best of brands and the worst of brands during this time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we won't name any brands. Don't no. worry about it. So, and also, I think what you just said there about the empathy piece. I think we're seeing the best of managers and the worst of managers as well. Like um, suddenly, those managers who are being very cognizant of people's home experiences. Uh, just now, I know we're going to probably talk about people kind of getting back into offices and going back to to work in offices again, and that's mm. that idea for a lot of more senior managers. It's like, no, why would I want to get in that space? But when I'm talking to a lot of uh, folks, especially newer intakes in big legal firms and accounting firms, consulting firms, a lot of them really value. They're living in small apartments just now, and so the when the manager comes on and he's in his huge palatial place and you're that employee that's watching there in your little uh, studio apartment uh it's there needs to kind of be a bit of empathy there in terms of what's going on yeah fantastic and so we've got um harpreet chana says emotional intelligence is more important in the current situation than ever before alison yeah. burns and saying it is live she's got it is live She's got inside of you on that, though, hasn't she? <laughs> and uh, Harry Whitbread is saying we're doing a great job. He's my favourite person at the moment. Fantastic. Well, you, we Harry. love Harry. <laughs> we love we love Harry. So we're, what's next? We're, we're, we've got to six or seven here. Yeah. Um, so number five is coordinating with others. OMG, how appropriate is that? Coordinating well, with I, others. We see social skills dominant here. It's so, about collaboration. Collaborate. Now, this is an interesting one. I was speaking at an event uh Actually, I was emceeing an event last week, um, and it was uh, it was a really cool event. It was uh, uh, Steve Wozniak was who we both know was 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 one of the keynote speakers, and, and one of the things that they were talking about the whole kind of theme of the event was around collaboration, but not just human and human collaboration, but human and artificial in collaboration. And they were talking about aug what's called augmented coding. So a coder that's coding a website or building an app. They almost have a collaborator working alongside them who's looking over their shoulder and saying, do you really want to do that little bit of code? So I think, you know, that collab, you know, collaborating with others, if we bring into others, sometimes not just humans, but also machines and AIs, I think that's we're going to see that as a bigger thing and how those how that marries up together. You are slightly biased, though, James, because it's your favourite topic. I know, it's my topic. You so. It's your topic, super. Now, we did have a comment here from Dominic Eldred Earl, which is absolutely true, that the UK government has just said don't go into offices again, So, which yes. is really bad news. Um, so Harpreet is loving it so far. Great, my second favourite person. Um, and then Alison Burns, we actually need a new one on the list, ethical intelligence. Oh, yeah, good point, good point. Ethical, yeah. yes. Yeah. Definitely. And and I don't know whether you, you've seen on Netflix, the social dilemma, the, the new TV, the new series on Netflix, all about social media. And that's pretty, 
pretty scary when it comes to the, the ethical side as well. So, yeah, no, emotional intelligence, no. I get it. I haven't caught that one all. Okay, yeah. I'll add that to the list. Number four, people management. Absolutely. Surely. Yeah. And virtual people management, remote people management when you can't be in the same physical space as them. That's super, yeah. super important now. Yeah. Well, you're happy with number three because it's creativity. Yeah. I, I mean, this is and this is the thing that I would take up this poll on compared to last time was that, uh, you know, uh, in 2016, they had creativity at number three. There's been a subsequent poll to this, which is by LinkedIn, I believe, last year. And they put creativity at number one. So, you know, things can, as, in terms of soft skills. So creativity, yeah, I, I, but I'm just glad it's in the top three. So yeah, I'm biased, as you know, I'm biased. Slightly biased. Sorry about so number two is critical thinking. So it's logic and reasoning, um, being able to use logic and reasoning to interrogate an issue or a problem. It's sort of a little bit like the other one, really. But it's sort of, surely that relates to decision making. You have to have critical thinking in order to make decisions. Do you not? Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, do they actually teach this in schools? I know um, I was I was actually looking at the critical thinking the other day when you mentioned this and uh, places like the top private schools in England, like Eton, for example, they actually teach courses to kids on critical thinking. And I'm trying to remember when I was at school, I don't think I ever got taught critical thinking in a, in a kind of formal, like how to think through things and Socratic method and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but maybe I maybe I went to the wrong school. Maybe that's what it was. I still haven't learned how to do it. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction. Mine's emotional thinking rather than... Anyway, let's not go there. So listen, number one. Number one, what do you think it is? It's complex problem solving. And have we got some complex problems? Do you know what? I think they nailed it, actually. I think, so, I think that would still be... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Of everything that we're going through just now, 2020 has probably been the year of complex problem solving. So, uh, but but good, but pretty good list. I think they were pretty close. I, I noticed that, like we were talking about events here, the World Economic Forum normally happens, uh, you know, each year. This year, it's obviously uh, not happening. I don't think they've, they've moved it into, in fact, I think it normally happens in January or February, that it's, time it's of year. It's normally around, yeah, January, end of January, I think it is. That's yes, right. It is. And they've moved yes. it to the summer mm. of next year as well. And so we're going to get into talking about where things are moving and events and stuff like that as well. But um, I know I noticed their their theme, their overall theme, we're talking about themes for next year, is the Great Reset, which I think is actually uh, quite, quite – I quite like that, the Great Reset. So, so, so do, wonderful. Do you, see, do you see the messages too? Do you see the I do. Too? I do. Who, who do you we have do? here? So, so who, we've got uh, Henry Rose Lee, intergenerational expert speaker. Wonderful. Um, France is the only country in the world that teaches philosophical and critical thinking, of course, because the French are always uh, ahead on this stuff. Oui, oui, oui. <laughs> Up to the age of 18. Uh, is that because critical thinking maybe goes out the window? Um, no other country does this as a national curriculum. That's I didn't know that. There you go. I know Singapore teaches uh, creativity to uh in schools as well so france but you're you're the land of rousseau so that makes total sense um active listening responding to that's from uh ha, um, ha, who's that harpreet as well um so this is great so leave it mm. more, more things more thoughts as you're coming in john enjoying it so and that's our change it's clear that I'm not connected to what's going on in the world because Harry's telling me that Social Dilemma is the most talked about documentary on Netflix for months. And it totally scary. passed me by. It totally it's passed scary. me by. So I'm going to have yeah. to watch it. Mm. You won't go on social media after you'll delete. I mean, I, I actually really, oh, don't. I have no social media apps on my phone. 
Um, uh. And I haven't because I, I was speaking at a conference about eight, two years ago from someone at one of those big companies that starts with an F and ends with an UK. And um, the, uh, they, were, they were saying, <laughs> what have you got on your phone? I was showing them like Instagram and all the apps. And they said, delete it, delete them off your phone. And that was someone that actually worked at the company. Um, and so I use Facebook all the time, but I use it in business and I use it on, on a desktop instead. So Social Dilemma, we'll put it on the show notes. If people go to thisweekinevent.com and yeah. just enter your email address there and we'll have all the links to the show notes because we've got some other things to share with you. Oh, yes, so, we have. We haven't. Yes. Should we move on to point two that we want to cover? Today? Yes. What do you think? What do you think? So this, I kind of want to get your take on this because I'm, I'm guessing we might be coming at this from different perspectives. We might disagree on this. We might may disagree on this, which is fine. Uh, so this, well, recently I've noticed the rise of different certifications for speakers uh, for becoming virtual certified speakers. Mm. Um, so if anyone's watching this just now, speakers, you've probably heard of things like CSP, Certified Speaking Professional, um, that they've been going for a long time. And now you can get this certification, a badge, essentially, to show that you are a certified virtual speaker. You can speak virtually. So before I give my own <laughs> take on this, uh, I want to get your thoughts on it, Maria. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what my, my speaker bureau colleagues think about this too. Mm. So um, I think somebody who's doing the certifying is making some money, basically, because it, I don't need a certificate. I need to see it. I need to see it. If you are if you are good virtually, I need to see that you're good virtually. I don't want a bit of paper to tell me. I can see you're great virtually, James. I would have absolutely no hesitation in working with you as a virtual speaker, as you know. Um, and CSP, you know, I need to see it on video. I need to see you live. I need to see you speak. I need to see the results. A bit of paper doesn't doesn't work for have, me. Have you ever had a Have you ever had a client call you and co contact you, uh, a, a corporate or an association, saying, "Is this person?" A CSP or does, what qualifications does this person have? What qualifications do they have to speak? Never in my 23 years working in international speaker bureaus have I been told this person has got to have a speaking qualification. Never. Never. Please tell me if I'm wrong, guys, and if anybody yes. has had a different experience. We probably because have I some clients. But one yeah. person, you know. Um, it's, it's never happened. I, I don't know. Um, Mary Tilson agrees. Fabulous. You see, there's three favorite people now. So do we, so, yes. agrees, <laughs> do we, do we, do we need these badges? It's like a Tufty badge. I don't, what's a Tufty yeah. badge? I don't know what Tufty badge know. is. I don't know. Maybe. I want one now. Yeah. So tell me, are you, are you certified or certifiable? I'm certifiable. certifiable. That's like certified. But uh, no, so I, I have talked about critical thinking. I, I, I've been thinking about this from different perspectives and my immediate gut reaction uh it goes to the great remarks thing of i would never join a club that would have me as a member like why mm. would i i why would i want that what would what would be the purpose of that so there was a little bit of me kind of just went that's like why what's the point but as i was thinking about it a little bit further i thought if you're if the reason for you getting let's say a virtual certificate to be a you know, say you're a virtual speaker is about giving you intrinsically the confidence and going through a number of steps in order to be able to get to that level. I mean, really, my understanding of the certification is, is do you have good internet, you know, green screen? There's a number of other things, things like that, but pretty, pretty straightforward. But 
you know, for you and I that are working in virtual events all the time, this sounds like nothing. But for those new speakers that are just getting started on this, if that give that little bit of paper or that little badge gives them the confidence to then put themselves out there and actually go out there and try and get uh, speaking gigs virtually, I actually don't I don't have a big problem about it. I think it's like, mm. you know, fair enough. Um, same, I, I would say same CSP is slightly different, which is the other big one. I think there, there, there's, uh, from my understanding of a lot of these, I get your thoughts on, because every country has its own speakers association. Um, uh, I, I am not a member of any speakers association. Uh, and, but the reason, only reason I am not a member of any speaker association is simply because I feel I have such a rich community of other speakers. I did things like International Speaker Summit. And I think one of the most amazing values of being a member of, a, of an association, of any association, is the community. Um, and so, I, and I live in the middle of nowhere in Scotland, and the, I can't go to meetings and you know things like association. So, so I think there is some value in those. Uh, but I think it, for me, I feel it needs to come from an intrinsic standpoint, not from an extrinsic of being able to kind of show off in some way. I do like the fact that, you know, you're talking about if it gives you confidence. I think that's great. We have got a few comments here. So, yeah. Um, so John Hammond is saying that you can become a minister and carry out weddings online for a fee, of course, with no qualifications. So there you go. Would, would, would you like us to marry you next time? Maybe this, this is that we could do a live. Well, next, this could be the, the first link. Because marriage. I was supposed to get married in September. Yes. As well. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Get certified, James, and marry yeah. me. Not me. Marry me and, 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 and David. So uh, Audrey says, I'd prefer a video rather than certificate. But that said, hmm. some folk need some help with updating skills on video speaking, in other words, on virtual speaking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And video speaking. Yeah. So Henry um, Rose is saying that if you're doing IT training, then a certificate shows the programming and coding you've learned um, how to do. Uh, but if you're speaking, surely your qualification is what you've experienced and learned in your particular specialism and the, yeah, and the ability to deliver it. Absolutely. Yeah. Show really certification. Yes. Um, absolutely certification for a speaker is nonsense. I base recommendations on feedback and talking to a speaker. That's Bob Strange. Mary Tilson, a speaker is all about their demonstrated behavior. And Alison Burns, oh, she's investigated for you. <laughs> oh, she knows maybe. The Tufty she's... Club created in 1953. Tufty Club helped to communicate safety messages to children in the UK, road safety. Oh, how lovely. Is that like, like the, the Green Cross the, Code Man? I was going to say the Green Cross Code Man. That was, that, that's that was our, the that's one our age. that we had. I know we're being very British. I know we have people joining us from all over the world. I'm looking here. We have people from uh, Asia and uh, India here. We have people from, I think we have some people from the US now as well joining us. So hello mm -hmm. um, over yeah. there as well. Um, so, yeah, so I think maybe call this a draw when it comes to the well, virtual yeah i'm you know it, it's not going to do you any harm yeah absolutely not and if it gives you more confidence that's absolutely fine i've not been asked for it that doesn't mean to say that somebody else wouldn't ask you for it hey you know um, and you it's know. always good to upskill right well exactly i think it's i think that that key thing of always wanting to kind of upskill and learn new things and improve improve your abilities and be relevant for what's going on now totally with that as well um so we want to just take a little pause for a minute to thank our, we have some lovely sponsors today for our very first episode. Our sponsor today are London Speaker Bureau. London Speaker Bureau is a global resource for corporations and governments for keynote speakers, 
executive learning masterclasses and boardroom advisors, representing some of the most influential business leaders and politicians in the world. Named as the only, the only global speaker bureau by International New York Times. So thank you very much to the folks and London Speaker Bureau for sponsoring today's episode. So wonderful. Very brave. Very brave to sponsor. Very brave. Not, not, you know, it's wonderful. But they are risk takers. I know. I know. I know. So listen, we're now going to talk about um, the Informer Annual Report on Event Trends that um, you shared with me. And that actually has been on social media this week in a few of the Facebook groups that we've seen, um, which Rohit Talwar has also shared. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me, what, what have you seen in that that you think might be relevant and useful that... Um, so we, we, pick up on. we I, I, I must admit, until I got into this, the speaking business, I'd never heard of Informa. They're like one of those companies that you, you don't really see publicly, but they, they own everything. Um, yes, they're huge, huge. They, they're huge. And uh, I believe they're a British company. Uh, or... uh, uh, listen, I, I'm not entirely sure. I think so. But I know that we know we've, we've worked with them for years and um I, Anyway, sorry. Carry on. Yeah. So, the, so it turned. I mean, I I was doing a speech last year um, in North America, and it turns out that Informer was the company behind this. It was a really cool event, and and so I, I that was the first time I'd heard about Informer really, and then I started investigating and do lots and lots of events. But what I thought was interesting, they came out with their annual report this year. Um, this is something I geek out about as a speaker. Uh, I actually spend my time looking at annual reports. That's how. That's how dull no. I am. No. I uh, and I'm listening for like earnings calls and things like that because I'm always listening to like what's what are they talking about? What's the theme? What's the things kind of coming up? What are the companies looking for? So I was looking at Informers the other day, and this is a company that do lots of big live conferences, expos, big events. And they basically said 2020, what no, no live events. Um, and they said something in there. I, I mean, this is, I think they'd gone down from only doing, instead of a billion dollars profit, they did like $600 million profit or some, some number like that. But then they were talking about next year and they were saying, with the exception of China as a market, most of the other markets, they're just really focusing on virtual. And the, the, a lot of the growth in the business is going to be coming from subscription because they have like membership type products as well. And they're, they're actually thinking about what, what a post non in-person live event world actually looks like. And I thought that's, that's quite an interesting little thought experiment to do. Mm. Um, mm. And so, so that was, that was the first thing. So just kind of looking about that. And then from there, I got an email uh, this week from a bureau, um, remain nameless actually, but a bureau I, I, I worked with. Um, and they were just saying, like, this is what we started off the year seeing when it comes to events. And this is kind of where we are now and what we're finding. So they said back in April, April 2020, only 20% of clients were considering virtual events, only 20%. By mid-May, it was 90%. So that's like a boof, like overnight. Um, but also the client's expectations of virtual events, they're evolving. They're now expecting expecting better production values. So rather than the speaker coming on with the camera looking up the nostrils and the really bad sound, they're, they're wanting higher higher production values, which is great. Um, I'm sure you're going to have a thoughts on this, but virtual fees have stayed at 40 to 50% of regular in-person live fees. Although some speakers are actually going higher for their virtual events based on their production values. If anyone's watched like Tony Robbins, any of his stuff, 
amazing production values. And I'm seeing people like Vin Jang, who's another great speaker, really great production values. Um, some speakers are dropping their regular fees by as much as 75%. Uh, other things that they noticed were that um, initially it started off at the start of the year where a lot of companies, they were doing their virtual conferences and they would say to the speaker, just do 25 minutes or 30 minutes because they thought people's attention span would be a little bit shorter. But the good speakers, what they're finding is that they're pushing it to 45 minutes because they're finding if it's a good speaker, the length of time is almost like neither here nor there if they're engaging with the audience. So that's interesting that's going on there. And another big change is at the start of the year for virtual, people were saying we want live, everyone to do it live. Like, so everyone was doing like, if you had five speakers on a conference, virtual conference, everyone's doing it live. Now they're wanting uh, more advanced recordings to become mm. the norm as well. Um, and then the final part, they were just saying, clients who had their events booked for January, March, 2021, I've now moved those to May, June, 2021, because we're getting a bit more sense of what's going on with COVID. So what was, what's your take on that? We covered quite a few kind of thoughts You've there. you covered a ton of stuff. Most of that absolutely agree with. The fee thing is is very much, and it depends on who the speaker is and what they're delivering. Um, and with, you know, some speakers are getting much more than 40 or 50% and others are taking lower fees. And uh, it does vary. It's, there's no, there's no sort of like, you know, uh, what's the word standard of what yeah. they're not not everybody's doing the same thing and I also know speakers who are saying I'm refusing to budge you pay me my normal rate or I just won't do it, and it it's again case by case um so uh advanced recording yes I, I think I think it's actually a very good idea to have a recording in case the tech fails but yeah. I think a lot of people have been caught out on the tech and that's why they're saying we want uh, a recording so John said higher production values are vital absolutely yeah. when it began um you know, people were in their living rooms. They didn't have great backgrounds. They didn't have good lighting. They didn't have good cameras. They didn't have good sound. They had, you know, the cat going across the, the, the sort of back of the sofa, the dog on their lap, whatever. They were very relaxed. They weren't dressed properly. They weren't taking it seriously. They were, you know, in their front room. It's not like that anymore. Clients want things to be, you know, professional. And um, I think there is much more interactivity requested now rather than speaking for 45 minutes. It is people are wanting a bit of an interaction and what we're seeing is we're seeing specific questions people wanting solutions to specific questions rather than being a bit mm. more general they really want to make it very tailored to their and their, them and their situation um with regards to timing it's so hard to predict isn't it it's so hard um so we had all of our events from uh, this year the beginning of this year all postponed to later this year we're seeing now a lot of those that were postponed to later this year postponing again to next year i i do think we've got this next six months are going to be a very uncertain time certainly for live i think the virtual we've proven it works people will carry on and i'll tell you what the really big advantage of virtual is that where in the past you couldn't afford to bring all 3,000 people to an event because it's just not feasible, you can have them all at an event now. You've got yeah. no venue costs, you've got no travel costs, you've got no catering costs, and everybody can attend. So that, in that many is, that ways... A, that's a key... I think that's such a, oh. an important one. There was a, a speaker that just emailed me. He just did an event. Uh, his name's Jamie Metzel. He speaks uh, based in Washington, D.C. 
and, and he had a really did a really great event. He had the Dalai Lama. He had um, who else did he had? He had the leader, the head of the uh, World Econ World Health Organization. So he had pretty good speakers, but they had 1.2 million attendees yeah. on this wow. virtual event. Wow! And and I I think about that. And I think imagine how many like the, the one I was doing the other week was I think they had a hundred thousand on it. Think how many stages you would need to go and speak on as a speaker. If, 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 if the reason that you're speaking is because you have a message you want to share with the world, how many flights you would have to take, how many, you know, that's that's quite an exciting thing. And it, so it's made it suddenly much more accessible for people to access some great thinkers. Um, and it's also I'm, I'm, I'm also starting to see this. So that's in the big like big numbers world. But it's also kind of going back the other way. I know uh, like London Speaker Bureau do a lot of kind of boardroom advisory. Now it's much easier if, I, if I'm a, a chairman of a board to be able to bring in that expert on that particular thing rather than flying them into London or Paris or New York or wherever. I can just bring them in because everyone there is virtual or maybe it's hybrid. Yeah. So that accessibility, yeah. I think, is a really good is a really good element of what has otherwise been a pretty, <laughs> pretty rough kind of 2020. Absolutely. And actually, um, somebody's mentioned here, unfortunately, I can't see the, the name because I don't know why that is, but hybrid for 2021. Yes, totally. I think, I think, I think you know, I think we're going to have hybrid going forward. Yeah. It's, it's too many people have realised, actually, this remote world is a good thing. Yeah. OK, so I think we probably need to move on to our last item because, uh, you know, we're not uh, Tony Robbins so that we can keep people's attention nope. for 45 minutes. Um, Sorry, you are. I mean, obviously you can. So no, no. The, the next feature is, which we're going to do every week, tool of the week. And this is going to be either an app or a gadget that we like or a person who's a bit of a tool. So have you got a tool of the week, James? And I'll share my tool of the week. Yeah, my, mine is, is uh, I wonder if I do, can I have it on my phone here just now? Maybe you can actually even hear my tool of the week. So during lockdown, uh, I've been walking every day. One of the nice things about, I live in the, the countryside here, so I can get out on the walk, but I, I, no, I have no idea what the birds are. There's bird noises going on. I have no idea what the birds are. So I decided to invest in a tool which is called Chirp-O-Matic. So it's like Shazam. If anyone uses Shazam for music, it's like Shazam for birds. So when I hear this like strange bird sound, I just hold my phone up, and it tells me what kind of bird and shows me the pictures of the bird and everything. Oh, so totally unrelated to events, but uh, talking about resilience, keeping your sanity, going for those little walks. Um, uh, Chirpomatic. That's my lo my lo Fantastic. <laughs> low tool. Fantastic. Fantastic. What about yourself? Well, you you probably have something much cooler than I have. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's saved my life. I tell you. So again, it's an app. It's not a person. We we I, we will have to have a person at some point. We for will sure, have a person. Sure. So um, I discovered an app early on. In fact, Dominic Elderdale, who was on here, was the one the person who um, alerted me to it. Saved my life um, because obviously, like you, I do podcasts, and also we do. You know, we're doing this live now and I've got a very noisy dog, um, big dog, rescue dog, likes to woof, really likes to woof. And I've also got quite a loud partner. He says I'm loud. I am. But so is he. So I've got this app called Crisp and we're going to put a, a link, aren't we, on the website um, that cuts out background noise. So when the dog woofs, you don't hear it. When my That's partner cool is shouting you don't hear it or when the doorbell goes and the door it's really amazing in fact i had a drill the other day going on in the house and you couldn't hear it the only problem is that um when i do my podcast i say to my producer if there's a mistake i'll clap 
and you'll hear the clap and you can then stop it when I clap. can't hear the clap because it cancels out the noise. <laughs> that is a, that is amazing. That's so brilliant. So this is an AI. It basically recognizes the sound. It recognizes your voice and then just cuts yes. out everything else. It does. Brilliant. I, I think I'm, I'm going to get that. We, we're pretty quiet here, but sometimes, you know, you have the farmers going back and forth and things like that. Cows mooing in, in the background. So uh, so I, I need that app. So we're going to have if, if anyone wants any of these things, we're going to put some show notes here as well. If they go to thisweekinevents.com, thisweekinevents.com, uh, then just enter your email address there and you'll be able to get links to the show notes, which is going to update these probably in the next, uh, once we've stopped going live here as well. Um, so we're coming to the end here. Uh, before we do, obviously, we're going to thank again London Speaker Bureau, our sponsor for this week's episode. Uh, if you like this, if you want us to do more of these, then then please leave your uh, leave in the comments section here as well. Uh, what else do we have? Anything else to, to finish up with today, Maria? Well, I was going to play us out with the theme music again because I quite like it. I don't know about you. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Super. Well, I th I just to say goodbye. I think. Well, it's uh, it's goodbye from her, <laughs> and it's goodbye from him. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very much, everybody. Thank Have you. Have a good weekend, everyone. Take care. Bye.